Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Jonathan Moles, and a warm welcome back to FT Startup Stories, a weekly show in which I talk to founders about the joys and challenges of starting a business. We begin our third series with UK-based entrepreneur Shaquille Khan. He'd already enjoyed considerable success as head of special projects at the music streaming service Spotify when he found himself drawn into a new global venture with an old friend. Shaquille kept his involvement with Student.com under wraps for several years. I asked him how it all started and why a business with a proven team at the helm would want to operate in stealth mode for so long. The business was started in 2011 by Luke Nolan Mm. in China, in Shanghai. Luke and I had met each other in Shanghai in 2005. We were both studying Mandarin together. I came back, started the business, sold it, invested in Spotify. Luke stayed out then, he was in the real estate business. And 2009 or 2010, more and more of his friends would go, well, Luke, you're from London. Now my son or my daughter or my younger brother is going to study and they've got a place at UCL or Imperial. Where do they live? And it's like, Mm. you know, I just don't know. So it started off as a real need to help some friends. And the first year they helped basically 70 friends and friends of friends. He used to come to London all the time, and he'd uh, pop by and stay with me for a couple of nights. And I said, Luke, what are you working on? He said, well, I'm still doing the real estate stuff, but, you know, I've got this idea, and I set up this small website, and getting more and more inquiries of people who want housing. And this was purely China to UK. So he did that for the first couple of years. So why are they using you versus other people? And he said, well, there really isn't anyone else, because it's quite complicated. It's a fragmented supply, and it's a fragmented demand, because... It's not just one place where people come from, it's all over China. I said, but what about the rest of the world? And he said, you know, it's really interesting because even without trying, we're getting phone calls from people in Argentina and Brazil and Sri Lanka. So you can imagine this, a Sri Lankan individual phoning up a phone number in China going, can you help me find a place in London? And I said, okay, so let's put China aside. How big is the industry? And he's like, well, there's 5.2 million international students So what really attracted me to this was, you've sold one of the hardest countries in the world, which is China. But everywhere else has exactly the same problems. And I guess that's where I got always referred to as the butterfly moments, where I try and not think about it, but I keep on coming back to it going, somebody is going to solve this. And you are in prime position to solve it because you started for the right reason. He didn't sit there going, 5.2 million international students, 1% market share. 16% 16% gross margin, this is what it ends up. He was like, hey, okay, John, here's the name of a, a landlord in East London that you should get your daughter to contact. He's like, oh, can't you just help us? They don't want to speak Chinese and they send contracts and we don't understand this swift payment system, etc., etc." So it was born out of a real need and that's the exciting part about it, that you know, the world in that space is growing bigger and bigger and bigger. Technology is gonna allow us to solve that problem globally. 
So it's very different to everything else, but you know, it comes back to it's got revenue model, it's got product market fit, and you know it exists. He right? was proving it yes. before yeah. doing the theory of why it might be a really exactly. good Exactly, and I business. guess part of it is it was the right timing for both of us because I think he was at that stage where he'd started thinking about what if I could, but then you're a sole founder, you haven't taken any money in, and you know, you're juggling 16 different things. Last thing you want to do is, hey, do I hire an Indian-speaking person in China, etc., etc. So you just carry on doing more of what you do. And I guess it took someone like me to go to him, you can carry on and you'll have a great business. But you have an opportunity to create the market leader. You can be the de facto destination. And the bigger you become, the better you become to offer this service to students around the world. And that allows you to capitalize on it. And I remember him going, I know, but I don't know how to do it. I said, well, neither do I, but I would like to think I've gone through it enough times to know how not to do it. And that's how it evolved, I guess. You've got this, what you see is a great global business, but you haven't gone out and shouted this. Yeah, number of reasons. The first three years when it was bootstrapped, etc., all Luke's focus was China, talking to students, talking to parents, and then I guess on the flip side, talking to the real estate owners and our property partners here. So there was no need for external validation because he was still validating his own business. Two, he didn't come from the typical tech environment. All he was trying to do was solve a problem which he saw, which could allow the consumer to get a good deal and him to possibly make a business out of it. So for the first three years, I don't think he even thought about it. Then when I got involved, I obviously, you know, having great relationships with many of the journalists around the world, I remember saying to him, okay, so you have an opportunity here where you can go two routes. And either double down on building out scale, I can invest some money in, and we can just focus head down on what we need to do the next 12 or 24 months. Mm. Or we can go out and make a song and dance about it and try and attract investors, et cetera, et cetera. And our mutual conclusion was, that's not what we need right now. What we really want to do is, we've proven, hey, China to UK works. How do we prove China to US works? But more importantly, Brazil to UK works, or mm. you know, Germany to Austria works, for example. It kind of became this thing which often you say, can we become a company that gets to world market leader without mm. ever having got mentioned? But hiring, I think, was very critical to, as we go for scale, it moved from, you know, Luke's friends are friends to the average consumer hearing about us. And, you know, it's a large transaction and parents or colleges or universities starting to look at us going, you know, I see the website and everything makes sense, but there is no mention. Like, how can you be so big? And that's when we decided, okay, you know, let's go out there and tell our story. If I could turn the clock back, would I have done the same? Or would I have pushed to get you know, our story told earlier? I'm unsure, because I think it did us the world of good to stay below the radar and just focus purely on execution. Because you know your business, you don't have external people trying to put you into a bucket. So is this an ed tech company? Is this a China company? Is this the next unicorn? Is this the next big thing out of Asia? Because they're all distractions. And no matter what any CEO or founder says, you can't ignore it, right? Because 
you meet someone and they're like, hey, how's it going? Great to meet you. Saw this amazing article about you guys the other day. You're the next booking.com and priceline.com, etc. When as an entrepreneur, you're juggling the electricity bill hasn't been paid. You've got a student who was supposed to go to Huddersfield and has landed in Hull. And it's a distraction. And it's just something that you don't need. So I think the fundamental thing, what it does is it gets you to focus on your core business of making unit economics and the business model work. What about the worry, though, that while you were doing this, someone else might have jumped in, got all the coverage, they're the student accommodation site. And, you're, number and the reality... you're number two before you even got started. Exactly. I never want us to think that we have the right to win as first mover. I would like us to have the right to have the opportunity to play in that field because we did it for the right reasons. We do have competitors, right? Local competitors who just operate for the domestic market, some European, I'm sure there is American ones and Australian ones. And in Asia, people go, oh, everyone's talking about our competitors, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, but you know, let them talk. We know what we're doing. That DNA that we've got, that knowledge we've built over the last few years is what's gonna allow us to get to where we need to. And I think partly in some stages, I think companies get pressed for the wrong reasons. You want somebody else to validate your business model. And I guess part of the relationship Luke and I had was, you don't need anybody else to validate you. The only person that can validate you is yourself and your users who are coming to you as a foreigner in China and kind of entrusting you with a large transaction. What more validation do you need than that? Nelson Phillips is entrepreneurship professor at Imperial College Business School in London. I asked him whether he agreed with Mr. Khan's strategy of taking time to assess the market before scaling up. I think in that industry, in the sort of online web-based firms, we've seen a lot of firms that grow very quickly. And they do that for a simple reason, that there's often no way to protect a particular business model or a particular idea they have. So the only way they can protect it is to build scale, build a brand, and get enough users that it's very difficult for another company to enter with the same offer. Of course, in other kinds of entrepreneurship, this isn't true. So you often have other ways, either IP, trademark, or patent, or some other way to protect something that gives you more time. And in those cases, if you have time, it's often better to go a little bit more slowly and get it right, to spend a bit more time collecting information, building your, your initial offering, getting it right, then scale up really fast. You often only get one shot at scaling up and if you use up the funds you have. So that if you have some way to protect stuff, then going more slowly may make a lot of sense. In general though, in that environment, that's not the common strategy because going slow, as soon as you set up your website, as soon as you make it available to the public, everyone can see it. So there's nothing to stop someone from copying what you're doing. And if you present yourself quickly, you can also get feedback. Yeah, and especially in that environment where you can make changes quite quickly. And in fact, what I've seen with other businesses in this sector is actually rapid experimentation. So what you see them do is set up other websites with different names to try things. So I know websites like Hotels.com, they actually set up other websites with certain features to see how people reacted rather than put it on their core website. They actually did what you're saying, but accelerated it by having multiple websites with different features to experiment with the reaction of customers to these different offerings, took the best stuff and put it into their core website. So this environment gives you lots of opportunities to experiment. If you're building airplanes, you can't do this. Being out there quickly and the first mover isn't necessarily an advantage, is it? It depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about tech hardware, then there's lots of evidence that 
first mover is not an advantage. Fast followers make the most money because you can sort of take advantage of the experience of the people who go first, but who then lock themselves into technology trajectories, make decisions about which technology to include in their device that's hard for them to change. You can avoid all those mistakes, learn from their experience, and as a fast follower, you can make a lot of money. In fact, those industries are incredibly Darwinian. We hear about the stories of the big winners, the Airbnbs, right? But there's uh, many, 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 many failures because this it's so easy to set up a competitor, so easy to copy, and everyone's striving to come up with something that differentiates them and something that can keep and protect their user base. Does student.com also tell us something about ideas? In, the, in a way, their idea came from other people asking them. Many people think it's got to be my genius moment. Well, they did have a genius moment because they recognized that opportunity, right? But what they recognized was that there was a demand for something. One of the problems we have with so many web-based businesses is that they're a good idea someone has in their basement, but there aren't any actual customers who want that thing. So what student.com is a great example of is entrepreneurs recognizing an opportunity pull from the market. So there are people asking them for something and they're thinking, oh, we can make this into a business. Far too many of these web apps are people dreaming up something, then floating it to see if there's any response, which is also okay, but I mean, obviously opportunities are more likely to be real if you actually have some information from the market. For Shaquille, a combination of experience and instinct seems to have been his guiding principle, as he explains. To me, the entrepreneur is, you're going into an industry because you believe you've spotted an opportunity before anyone else. And yes, you look at, is this real, what I'm thinking about, versus let's do an Excel spreadsheet, what margins, etc. Because a lot of it's just hope, right? You're like, hey, we'll figure this out. People have figured it out before us. It's just one bombshell after another, and you're busy basically juggling priorities and resources, and part of it's gut instinct, and part of it's having learned from other people, and part of it's you know supporting yourself with great people who believe in that vision, because yeah. otherwise you're not going to be able to take those fundamental risks on starting a business. Right? Next week, we talk to a business founder who took on the challenge of teaming up with other entrepreneurs as a way of expanding rapidly across Europe. If you'd like to catch up on previous episodes, you can visit our special page, ft.com startup. You'll also find details of our first live event in London on 22nd of November, where you'll be able to meet some of the founders we feature on the show. Goodbye, and thank you for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.